Welcome to the Jacked on the Beanstalk Vegan Podcast, hosted by the Shorky Sisters. Repping the vegan hippie meatheads of the world is Sam, the first ever vegan World Naturals Bikini Pro, coach, author, and blogger, who's got an ass that's out of this world. Repping the busy, tired moms of the world is Sarah, and her ass is, well, mediocre. Together, they're on a mission to live with purpose and unlock the mysteries of a healthy mind, body, and spirit. So grab a seat in the back of Sarah's minivan and enjoy the ride. to the 41st episode of the Jacked on the Beanstalk podcast. I am your host, Sam. I don't drink often, but when I do, I go full-on binge mode shorky. And I am her big sister and co-host, Sarah. Apparently gave up drinking when I had kids, shorky. And together, we We have have shared many a drunken karaoke nights and experienced many horrendous hangovers. The top two alcohol-induced memories that come to my mind are the time we won that radio station karaoke contest. Mm, yes. Then we got kicked out for being too drunk and providing unwanted backup vocals to the other contestants. Yeah, I think it was the Bon Jovi guy who complained to the organizers about my uh, Richie Sambora backup vocals. Yeah, should we give an example of what you were doing exactly? How about I'll sing the Bon Jovi part and then you sing the unsolicited backup that you were providing. Okay, let's do it. All right, here we go. Cause I'm wanted, wanted, dead or alive. I mean, I personally thought that your backup vocals really helped that dude's performance out. Yeah, that's that's how I felt too, mm-hmm. even though I don't remember it at all. And uh, <laughs> yeah, maybe he didn't want Richie outshining John, though. Yeah, yeah. Another highlight from that night was the musical trivia game. And let it be known that Sarah, for whatever reason, has an amazing memory for useless random pop trivia. This is true. And the radio station host kept asking asking everybody trivia questions and Sarah kept screaming out the answers even though she was repeatedly told to raise her hand before providing an answer but regardless somehow we did end up winning that karaoke contest not for most talented but for most entertaining much to Bon Jovi's chagrin and then we were actually kicked out for being too drunk (laughs) (laughs) I think I made it worse when I wandered into the staff kitchen trying to find a bathroom oh god i didn't know about that yeah that might have been the last straw no i think the last straw was probably me puking outside of my work the next morning (laughs) and everyone coming into the office commenting on the pile of vomit that was directly outside (laughs) the main entrance to our building i still can't believe you attempted to go to work yeah i'm really impressed with that too although let it be known that inside that pile of vomit was a large broccoli floret still intact 
for some reason. But my point is that despite being a sloppy, drunken moron, I, I guess I had eaten a very healthy dinner beforehand. Amendable. Uh, yeah, which we will address later on this episode, of course. So in case anyone hasn't yet gathered what we are addressing on this podcast, we are delving into the effects of alcohol, ladies and gentlemen, and specifically the effects of alcohol on weight loss and our overall health. So obviously neither of us are big drinkers. Uh, Not anymore. Not anymore, yeah. And I fully admit that I am one of those people who rarely drinks, but when I do, my nickname is literally Frank the Tank. Yeah, and then you drag the rest of us down with you. What does that mean? Well, despite being a rather frequent drinker in my past, I can't really handle alcohol, to be perfectly honest. I'm one of those people that if I drink, I'm most likely going to be puking the next day. And I feel like I'm always warning you about my alcohol limits and cutoffs, yet every time I turn around, you have a drink or a shot for me. And the next thing I know, I'm on the dance floor dry humping some innocent bystander's leg like a dog in heat. (laughs) Which brings me to my second favorite drinking memory of you. And don't worry, guys, we will get to the useful information shortly, but we all know how much I love to tease Sarah, and this is a topic that I simply must take advantage of. And I have to share that Sarah's bachelorette party was an extremely sloppy, messy night, where I somehow woke up in the hallway of my apartment building, was woken up by my neighbor, yeah, and uh, only to come into my apartment that morning, and it literally looked like a hotel scene from Fear and Loathing in Las Vegas, and by that I mean there was furniture turned over, empty bottles all over the place, and, get this, a vomit-stained mattress. So after discovering my apartment in shambles, I, of course, called Sarah immediately to ask what exactly happened that night, and she then divulged that she had not vomited, but rather urinated all over herself, her bed, and her fiancé sleeping next to her. Yeah, the worst part is I remember waking up to my husband-to-be saying, what is that smell? Did you piss yourself? (laughs) And me being highly offended, then realizing that yes, yes I did. Okay, so I think we've painted a pretty vivid picture for anyone listening, and we are now ready to actually get into the discussion of what exactly happens to our bodies when we drink alcohol. And I think we've done a pretty good job of making everyone not want to invite us to their parties or invite us to their parties. Yeah, yeah. As long as you kick me out before I start puking or pissing myself, I'm actually quite a lot of fun. She really is, guys. Hence why I love pouring copious amounts of booze down Sarah's throat every time she agrees to let loose. Everyone loves drunk Sarah. Okay, so obviously a topic that a lot of our clients ask about is alcohol and where does it fit in into their vegan diet plan. So we all love the occasional glass of red wine and we all know that there are even health benefits to having a glass of red wine and more specifically it's heart healthy benefits which is due to the high number of antioxidants contained in red wine. So these are also known as flavonoids and more specifically the substance is called resveratrol which when consumed in moderation can actually help prevent coronary artery disease. 
And by the way, guys, moderate alcohol consumption, in case you're wondering, it's generally considered to be one drink a day for ladies and up to two drinks a day from a bros. So we're not talking one of those giant sugary drinks that you get at a Vegas pool party, as fun and delicious as they are. I am talking about five ounces of wine, 12 ounces of beer, or 1.5 ounces in spirits. And many studies will even say that drinking booze in this amount is not likely going to interfere with weight loss. And I will even agree with this statement as long as it's combined with a healthy, reduced calorie diet, of course. And Sarah, you were given the task to research what the best choices for low-cal drinks are if we do decide to drink. Is that right? Yep. I did my homework, boss. Good girl. That's why I pay you the big bucks. When can I expect these big bucks? So before we get into the drinks that you should have, should you choose to be a booze hound, first I want to talk about the effects of alcohol in regards to our waistlines. And again, let it be known that I'm not saying a glass of wine with dinner is going to make you fat, but we should all be aware that it's not exactly the best thing for weight loss either. So there are many studies that show that people who have four or more drinks per day, and that includes us binge drinking Frank the Tanks. So if you do have more than four drinks per day, obviously you are significantly more likely to become obese. And why? Well, because first off, you're probably consuming an extra thousand to three thousand calories per day on top of your diet. And let's also look at the macros. We're a fitness podcast. We love delving into the macros, right? All right. We all know that carbs and protein contain four calories per gram and fats have nine calories per gram. Where does alcohol fit? Well, it has seven calories per gram. But the difference between booze and fats or carbs or protein proteins is that alcohol is not an essential nutrient. So rather than using it for energy, our bodies actually see alcohol as a toxin or a poison, if you will, and it basically gets to work trying to get rid of it once booze enters our bodies. With food calories, on the other hand, your body, as we know, can either use them immediately for energy or store them later. But with booze, your metabolic system immediately stops burning off your last meal and gets to work on eliminating the alcohol. So I always refer to this as it's basically like pressing pause on your metabolism, something we definitely don't want to do, right? Now I could get all technical on everybody and talk about alcohol's ability to inhibit fat burn via the creation of an excess of NADH. And if you're wondering what the hell that is, it's basically a compound that's produced from booze that creates a simple sugar in our bodies. I don't know, should I go into this or are we getting too technical there? <laughs> Sorry, what? <laughs> Okay, well, I'll just add that NADH, it's basically used to either make new fatty acids and glycerol, which is what I meant by a simple sugar, or it can enter our electron transport chains where it then gets used as energy, all the while interrupting our fat metabolism, and it literally is blocking all of our normal fat burning processes. So it's this blockage that can also result in a fatty liver or fat buildup in the blood 
blood and even an increased risk for heart attacks. So like think about the huge gut that we often see on alcoholics. All that drinking that they're doing, it's literally destroyed their liver by replacing their normal healthy liver tissue with what's called fibrotic tissue. And fucked up fact, when enough of the liver turns fibrotic, it can no longer carry out all of its duties. So important things like producing enzymes and proteins and of course removing toxins and waste. So basically what I'm trying to say is that when you have a huge gut on an alcoholic, it is a result of their liver losing much or most of its ability to function. But anyway, getting back to the macros. So I thought it was interesting to share that even though alcohol does provide fewer calories per gram than fat, i.e. 7 grams versus 9, booze is still your body's preferred fuel source, meaning you have to burn off all those alcohol calories before your body will start to burn the calories from all the food you eat. And that's what I mean about inhibiting your fat burn. And let's, of course, not forget another huge effect of alcohol on fat loss, and that is the drunchies. Ah, yes, drunchies. For me, otherwise known as the food you will be puking up later. (laughs) Yep, we're talking about late night drunk munchies in case anyone is wondering what drunchies entails. And I'm sure we all know that the calories in most alcoholic drinks don't usually satisfy our hunger. In fact, it's been my experience that I would say it even stimulates my hunger, not to mention once I'm drunk, it majorly decreases my willpower and smart food choices as the evening progresses. So I almost always end up eating a huge, greasy, unhealthy meal after a night of drinking on top of all of the calories that I consumed in all those effing drinks I just had. And here's a fun fact. Researchers of a physiology and behavior study found that when 12 men each drank 32 grams of alcohol before lunch, they consumed more daily calories and ate more high-fat, salty foods than when they drank a non-alcoholic beer. And another study was done involving female subjects who consumed either alcoholic or non-alcoholic drinks before lunch. And that study found that when women did drink the booze, they ate more high-calorie foods that day and reported having a larger appetite after they tasted food. So going back to that whole metabolism fat burn spiel, this totally proves what I was talking about, that obviously an increased appetite leads to an increased intake of calories, especially from fat, and that is going to mean a major decrease in your fat burn, bro. But let's take it in the other direction for a minute and pretend that we do love the occasional night of drinking. And Sarah, you were given the task of finding out the healthiest vegan-friendly alcoholic beverages that exist today. And you even took it a step further to research the most unhealthy high-cal drinks out there. So I would love to hear all of this research that you have done. Well, I should start by saying that I personally fail miserably when choosing the healthiest of alcoholic beverages. Mm -hmm. Yeah, when it comes to drinking, my choices are more in line with that of a 15-year-old girl's. Sweet Mm -hmm. and cheap. (laughs) Which brings me to the number one rule. Try to avoid any drinks that are pre-mixed. They're high in sugar and or artificial sweeteners. Not to mention other chemicals like artificial flavorings and colorings, preservatives, and or salt. Ugh, I know. And I fully admit that I too am a huge fan of the fruity cocktails, but I've also learned over the years that a dirty vodka martini, which is usually my go-to drink now, sure, it's not nearly as fun as a Bellini, but I know 
it's a lot easier on the waistline and I can't throw them back nearly as fast or enjoyably as something fruity and delicious like a Bellini. But anyways, let's hear this well-researched list of low-cal bevies. Well, first up is the dry wine, as you already mentioned earlier. Um, yeah, so even the wine originates from fruit. Most of the sugar in it has been converted to alcohol during the fermentation process. So wine is a much better choice since it has less sugar than beer and far less sugar than flavored ready-made alcoholic bottle drinks. Everyone knows that red wine contains antioxidants. Yep, anti-aging, baby, thanks to that resveratrol I was talking about. That's it, yes. However, as much as all you wine lovers try and use this to justify those glasses of wine with dinner, bear in mind that you would need to drink a whole lot of wine to provide the antioxidant benefit associated with improved heart health. Oh, shit, really? Yeah, you can get those same antioxidants in dark red berries and red grapes, though without the alcohol. Right. White wine and red wine contain similar calories, but white wine tends to be lower in alcohol, which can account for fewer calories in a glass. Mm. Rosé wine and dessert wines are sweeter and therefore will have more calories. Ah, rosé, otherwise known as cougar juice. <laughs> Okay, so basically we should be opting for white wine instead of red wine if we're going for low-cal. And actually, before I forget, I feel as though we should touch on the whole is wine vegan topic. Because this is something I definitely get asked about a lot by both vegans and non-vegans that I know. So everybody, fucked up fact number two, some wineries do use animal-derived products in their practices. And from what I understand, this is related to the filter process that it goes through. So basically, in order to remove the proteins, the yeast, and other random organic particles that are in suspension during the making of wine, a fining agent is added to the top of the vat, and that sort of acts like a filtration agent. And they're commonly animal ingredients like casein, which is a protein found in milk, as all of us meatheads know, or albumin, which is found in egg whites, or sometimes they do use gelatin or one that I learned of recently which is absolutely repulsive is using fish bladder protein. Ugh, what? Yeah, gross, right? And the, the same goes for beer actually. So most of the time beer is vegan friendly from my understanding, don't quote me on that, but yeah, I think it's usually just made from barley malt, water, hops, and yeast, but some brewers do add finings to their brew as well and that is to clarify the beer when they're racking it and putting it into the barrel. But anyway, continue with your list of low-cal drinks. I did want to address that because it is very vegan hot topic. Well, yes, that was quite disgusting. Next on the list, champagne. Champagne is a sparkling <laughs> white wine. Christopher Walken. Yeah. <laughs> very nice. Champagne is a sparkling white wine and can have fewer calories than a glass of white wine or beer. It does contain a rather limited amount of antioxidants and very little nutritive value. Some people like to make a champagne cocktail, which means you could use dry champagne with some grapefruit or orange juice, so you'd be getting some vitamin C, but that sounds like sugar too. Right, but just like I did last weekend, so fun fact, guys, you can buy the cheapest, shittiest champagne and mix it 
into some grapefruit juice and pomegranate juice and it becomes the tastiest, fanciest little mimosa ever. Mm, yeah, that, that was quite tasty. Mm-hmm, right? Yeah, so that's an especially good idea because diluting it with some fruit juice means less alcohol per glass and a little bit of vitamin C, like I said, but then you've got more sugar. Right, this is also true, but pick your poison, ladies and gentlemen. <laughs> Damn you conflicting internet research. Moving on, Sam's favorite, vodka and soda. Vodka, soda, and fresh lime, baby. Yes, this combination is sugar-free and therefore lower in calories, but keep in mind that tonic is not the same as soda, soda water, since tonic is a sugar-laden soft drink. This combination is sugar-free and therefore lower in calories, but keep in mind that tonic is not the same as soda water, since tonic is a sugar-laden soft drink. Adding a squeeze of lime will provide a refreshing twist and more flavor. However, there is no nutritional value with this one either. Who cares? No guilt or shame is works for me. Anyway, then we have our beers, eh? Hey. Beer is made with grains and is therefore very high in carbs and sugar, mm-hmm. which I think most of us know. Thank God I don't like that. Bro. Me too. Ideally, this is best avoided or certainly limited. Otherwise, you'll find that you're consuming too many calories and also playing havoc with your blood sugar levels. However, there are plenty of light beers out there that you can opt for instead. They will be lower in sugar and calories, but unfortunately, they are also lower in alcohol. Oh, and for all you craft beer lovers out there, I'm sorry to say, but they are usually higher in alcohol and can be significantly higher in calories. Oh, good to know. Yeah, I've never been a beer drinker myself, but strangely enough, I do thoroughly enjoy the smell of beer on a sexy man's breath. Ugh, are you serious? That's disgusting. Yeah, I don't know why, but I think you're just repulsed because your husband is a big beer drinker and you hate him when he's drunk. possibly plus he smells like a hobo and speaking of hobos next one up is whiskey (laughs) (laughs) my old friend and yet nemesis mine too also in this category gin tequila rum aka the hard liquors oh yeah no additives and no sugar and therefore contain the least calories if you drink them neat or on the rocks Mm -hmm. shudder mind a nice uh, rye on the rocks. No, see, I always had to do rye and ginger. But yes, like I just said, once you start mixing them, then you're looking at adding sugar and calories. Right. And if the thought of drinking them straight makes you want to vomit, try mixing it with soda and a squeeze of lime or lemon or even a splash of tonic for a little sweetness or a little bit of juice. Or actually, if you're a rye and ginger kind of person or rum and coke, I'm a big fan of those Zevia drinks that are stevia sweet soft drink alternatives and their ginger ale literally tastes identical to the real shit but at zero calories and no artificial sweeteners. I'm pretty sure they have a cola one too. Anyways, that's a little tip for everybody who does like the mixed drinks. Anything else, Sarah? Actually, yeah, this one surprised me, but Guinness. Hmm, really? is a healthy one. Yes, unbeknownst to me, it's known as a healthy choice in the beer world. It actually has some nutritional benefits like antioxidants, B vitamins, and soluble fiber. Although I don't know how much fiber you want after a night of drinking. Right. Yes, but despite its thickness, it's lower in calories than you would imagine. Wow, 
Interesting. I never would have guessed that. Yeah, weird. And finally on the list, while this one makes sense as far as healthy factors, I just don't understand the appeal. Hey, let's get drunk. Break out the tomato juice. I am, of course, talking about the Bloody Mary. Meal in a glass. What the protein shake is to a meathead is perhaps what the Bloody Mary or vegan Caesar is to an alcoholic, maybe? (laughs) Who knows? But it's essentially vodka, tomato juice, vegan Worcestershire sauce, Worcestershire Worcestershire sauce, Tabasco, and salt. And it's a low-calorie drink that even has some nutritional value. A good quality tomato juice will provide antioxidants, mainly lycopene, as well as vitamin C and potassium. Potassium is your friend the next morning. And adding in more vegetables will provide even more nutrients and fiber. However, be sure you choose a fresh tomato juice rather than a pre-made mix. Yeah, I was going to say, some bars will add all kinds of random shit on their Caesars and Bloody Marys. I personally like a good celery stock with mine or a pickled asparagus spear, but yeah, I'm not a big fan of those either. Alright, well I think we've covered the drinks and which are the best and worst options and before we sign off, I think it only makes sense that we give everybody some tried and true all natural, all vegan hangover tips and cures because God knows we could all use some whenever we're dying on the couch the next day after drinking too much. So what you got, Sarah? Well, the only way to avoid a hangover is don't drink. And the only sure cure for a hangover is actually time. Riveting. However, there are certain things you can do to make that god-awful hangover less intolerable. All right, let's hear them. Yeah, you will like this one. Coconut water. Mm. Coconut water has the five electrolytes that your body needs. Potassium, sodium, magnesium, phosphorus, and calcium. Alcohol depletes our body of minerals and dehydrates the system, and coconut water is the perfect antidote and serves as a powerful rehydrator, almost better than water. Yeah, and I actually sometimes will recommend to my clients that they consume coconut water after an intense workout because it's a great post-workout refueler. Gatorade, you can kiss coconut water's ass. Yeah. Next up is bananas. Ah, hence the potassium you're mentioning Mm -hmm. in the tomato juice. The body loses lots of potassium after heavy drinking and bananas are packed full of potassium and also contain fructose and glucose, which will help metabolize the toxins and restore glycogen levels. Now there's a term that always makes me think of you. Mm -hmm. Glycogen levels. Bananas are also an antacid actually. They can help you get rid of heartburn and upset stomachs. I wish I'd known that years ago. Try having a banana before stumbling into bed. And you know something I just thought of? I know a lot of people drink a Caesar or a Bloody Mary the day after drinking and they say that is a great hangover cure. And I wonder if it's because the potassium in the tomato juice is actually soothing for them despite it being more alcohol. Maybe. Yeah, makes sense. Cool. Maybe they have a drinking problem. Yeah, that too. (laughs) All right, next up. Well, we got to talk about ginger. Oh yeah. So good for digestion. For centuries, people have used ginger to combat nausea. And like you said, yes, it aids in digestion and calms the stomach. And you don't have to eat ginger straight up, although I love it in a smoothie 
smoothie and in any kind of cooking I do. But you can also take it in supplement form if you really can't stomach eating when you're really hungover. So that the Now brand, for instance, makes a really good ginger root supplement that's maybe a good one to have on hand. If you're ever feeling bloated and ate a big cheat meal or if you're hungover. Yeah, now this next one was kind of surprising to me. Almonds. Really? Yes. Aside from protein, which helps to balance blood sugar, almonds contain vitamin E and fats that support the liver. Well, that's a reason for everybody to get a bag of Jacked on the Beanstalk savory vegetable granola, which is packed full of lemon roasted almonds. Yeah, I wish I had a whole bowl of those lemon roasted almonds. Those are delicious. Definitely the best part of the granola. Anyways, moving on. Well, I was glad to see this next one up. Oatmeal. Mm, Also in Jacked on the Beanstalk savory vegetable granola. So maybe that should be what our new marketing ploy is. Yeah. Jacked on the Beanstalk savory vegetable granola is your hangover cure. Let's see if it works. Okay, Um, but why are oats good for hangovers? Well, apparently they're a complex carbohydrate that burns slowly in the body, so your blood sugar levels will stay stable. Yeah, I did know that. They also have plenty of nutrients which help neutralize acidity in the body. Oh, interesting. And it's funny, I do feel like I always tend to gravitate towards eating oatmeal when I am hungover, so that's interesting. Yeah, honestly, I, I wish I knew half of these in my drinking years. Yeah. All right. Is that it? No. The last one on my list here is sea salt because it's high in minerals, particularly sodium, which helps calm the nerves and reduce adrenaline levels. And actually that makes sense why people often crave a big, greasy, salty meal like pizza or french fries when they're hungover. That is true. Mm -hmm. Yes. Now, for the record, I also did read weirder suggestions as well. Anything from rubbing tiger bomb on your temples to taking mustard baths. Okay. Yeah. (laughs) But I didn't feel it necessary to get into those. All right. Well, excellent work on this episode, Sarah. I'm feeling this episode. I hope you guys are enjoying it too. And I guess since this has somehow turned into a very long episode, we will save you from reading our iTunes review of the week. But everybody listening, please do still keep those reviews coming in. We sure do appreciate them. Big news, we are sending out our first bag of goodies to all of our Patreon supporters this week. So if you are not yet signed up as a Patreon supporter and want in on this action, and of course want to support us and the podcast, please head on over to patreon.com slash jackedonthebeanstalk, and you can sign up there for the Patreon program, and for just $5 a month, receive all kinds of fun, cool shit from us. All right, Sarah, what song will we be singing to conclude this week's podcast? podcast all about boozing it up. Well, I went with one of my 80s faves, Red Red Wine by UB40. Mm, Excellent choice. This should be brutal. Red Red Wine Goes to my head Makes me forget that I Still need her so Oh, red, red wine. It's up to you. All I can do, I've done. 
Memories won't go. No memories won't go. I feel like I have no memories when I'm drunk. That's weird. Yeah, I am definitely the blackout queen. Like when you were talking about the trivia that night at the, I don't remember any trivia. All right. Well, that's it for this week, everybody. Have an awesome week ahead. Thank you for listening. We really do love recording this podcast and it means the world to know that you guys dig it too. So Shorty Sisters, out. God, it's hot in here.